I've been thinking a lot these days uh, about community, and it's it's not just because Hulu finally released all the seasons of The Golden Girls, but because what we're talking about today is is the church. One of the questions that I keep coming back to, and I'm realizing about myself and what it is I am still learning as a person, is when to know I am worse off being by myself. If you think about it, you yourself have probably had to struggle with that same question of when is it okay that I am by myself? Oftentimes we, we get to that conclusion, we, we ask that question way too late in the game. After something has happened that made us realize we should never have been alone in the first place. When is it okay for us to be by ourselves? Certainly, in the things of faith, it's never okay for us to be by ourselves. As we've gone through this series looking at the creed, asking what it is that we believe, one of the main emphasis and one of the main points that we keep coming back to time and time again is that when the creeds were actually written, it was never, I believe, but it was actually, we believe. Because as Scripture says, in this faith of ours, this baptized faith, we become one. Every time we hit a teaching from these creeds, we come up against ways that the world, ways that our enemy continues trying to lie to us. At first, it was the question of how can it actually be that we are people who are made and born with purpose and a story. Oftentimes, we are told that we are not made with any purpose, with any reason, that we are not worth the time. But rather in believing that we have a Creator, a God who has made us, that we are made with the capacity to be loved. Coming up against the way the world tries to teach us. Often lying to us about it. But this faith of ours, this thing that unites us, teaches us the opposite. To the next point, that we are people who have been redeemed by Jesus. That we actually have a God who has come here to this place. Come here to bring us hope as both a person and a God. Where we oftentimes are told that that our God is to remain up there and remain separate from our lives and separate from our world, separate from our decisions and separate from any hope and dream that we may have. But yet again, just another lie. Because the truth is, is that our God has come to this place. He has come to you, to me, to us. So in that powerful statement of we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe that we have a God that cares enough to actually come here, to be with us, to redeem us. The next point of we believe in the Holy Spirit. 
We have a God who has never left us. So often the world tries to teach us that we are to be separated, that we are to be alone. That I just need time to put my thoughts together, my decisions about the world, and let the world know. (laughs) But the Spirit comes to us. He lives with us. He teaches us. He moves us. He brings us time and time again back to this place, to His words, pointing to God and to Jesus, letting us know that we are one in this Spirit. To our next confession. To the confession that we hold today. That we believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. The baptism and the communion of saints. The lie the world tries to bring to us. The lie that our enemy tries to bring to us. Is that what we need is a few good 5 to 20 minutes sitting by ourselves to figure out the world and faith. That we can do it on our own. But we're not very good by ourselves. We're not very good on our own. One of the most important books that I've ever read, but also one of the most disturbing books I've ever read, was the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And the premise is, is it's the enemy's agents trying to draw the people of God away from God. And he describes a man who's sitting in the museum staring at a beautiful piece of artwork that has made him start to realize maybe there's, maybe there's just a little bit more out there than myself. Maybe there really is a God who's delivered these promises. But as he sits there by himself, the enemy teaches that it's best to start playing with the mind. It's best to remind him that he actually hasn't eaten lunch yet. And so the man sitting there starts to, starts to feel and a little bit hungry and remember that. And he gets up and he walks away, never to think about it again. What a powerful illustration of how we can be on our own easily distracted, easily moved, easily coming up with what fits us best without any thought of God or the person next to us. We never do well on our own. We are in a very difficult season here at Lamb of God. We've seen several of our own being called home and passing away. I have done more memorials this year than the previous six combined. And as I do them, I have learned that the most important part of that memorial, at least for me, is when we say the creed. Because in saying the creed, I remember that the person I am remembering is one of me. that I am attached to that person in faith and in baptism. That I am attached to that person in the same promises that God delivered to them. That they are forgiven. That they will rise from the dead. 
It doesn't matter how old they were. It doesn't matter uh, where their background was. It doesn't matter if they came to the Lord the very second they breathed their last breath. The promise is the same. The faith is the same. I'm sorry that this is such a serious topic, but this is a very serious time. A time where we are faced as the communion of saints to remember what is our confession. Our confession is in the triune God and in a holy Christian and apostolic church. So I ask the question, what does it mean to believe in this one holy Christian apostolic church? Does that mean that we are to believe that this church is perfect? Does anybody want to give an answer? That That this church has never erred in its way or misspoken in its times. That it hasn't treated everybody perfectly well. That sometimes we turn our back on each other and sometimes we forget the greatest command of all to love one another. See, to actually believe in the one holy Christian and apostolic church is to believe what it is founded on. We call ourselves a holy Christian apostolic church because it has been made holy, not because of its own doing and its own purposes that it is considered holy, but because of the one it believes in, it is holy. The one who teaches it. The one who has died for it the one Jesus Christ. The only holy that has ever walked this earth, the only holy that has ever looked at you fully and intently and without any strings attached and said, I love you. The only holy that went to die for you and still brings you his body and blood to remind you of that very fact. Christian, because everything we should say, everything we should do, always should relate back to Christ. That any question that comes up against this church of ours, that any statements that we make, any action that we do, if it cannot be answered by Jesus Christ, we should have nothing to do with it. That when we walk through this door, it doesn't matter the baggage that I bring in, what matters is the one who takes it away. One holy and Christian church where Christ crucified is our banner. The empty tomb is our hope. An apostolic. A phrase that we don't often understand and is often forgotten, but apostolic meaning that this faith of ours is the same faith of the ones who knew Jesus and saw him die and rise that the faith that we have has been handed down from generation to generation to generation. That these same teachings, the same truth has never changed as it has gone through. That the hope of those who have gathered before us and the hope of those that probably will gather after us is the same. You see, it's never good for us to be on our own. Even as I put forward all of these confessions and all of these truths that we have, 
I know that the world and our enemy works powerfully against them. Telling us that we would be better separated away from this community. Away from our churches. Because you're a smart person. You can figure it out. I know we live in a world, we live in a country even, that prides itself on our independence and our autonomy from one another. But not when it comes to faith. Is it too much for a young pastor to confess that he needs you? Is it too much for an old person to confess that they need me? Because in each of us comes the person who has the power to preach the good news to me and to you. To deliver to me these life-saving confessions and words. That we have a God who has made us. That we have a God who has redeemed us. That we have a God who keeps coming to us. That we hear the command and the commission of our Lord Jesus Christ to go out baptizing the nations. Not for them to be on their own, but to bring them together into one. so that we are never on our own, even as we go out, even as we go to our homes, sometimes homes that that are not built on and may not even recognize Jesus as Lord. Sometimes where we go to be by ourselves because there's nobody else there in that house. But even in those moments, we are still united in this one truth, one faith, one Lord, one baptism that we all have that name given to us here in this font the name that is spoken to us as we take the bread and wine the name that we remind each other when we cry joy and we cry out of fear and when we cry out of grief because it's never good for us to be alone Amen. Amen.